Hi, I'm Bex Dillon and welcome to this podcast on conversations on faith and equality. Today I'm sitting in London with my dad, the Reverend Nicky Gumbel. I'm sure he's got a few few other titles, not sure what they are really. And he is vicar here at HTB and he is the pioneer of Alpha. He's written lots of books and he is um, married to my mum, which is nice. And he's got three kids and I'm his favourite. So I'm going to ask him some conversations some things about faith and equality. Um, your passion, Dad, has been to re-evangelise the nation and transformation of society. But it seems like in recent years, there's been this sort of shift towards diversity and equality now hdb is more diverse than i've ever seen it used to be kind of known as slightly on the sort of posher white male side of things but now people from all over the world are much more diverse when you go to church on a sunday morning you see people of all different backgrounds now you and mum do more and more things together than you used to and you've got good ethnic diversity even in your own family so how how did that shift? Did you notice the shift? Did you have you tried to do that? How how did that come about? Well, most important is the ethnic diversity in our family. Uh, thanks to you and to Henry. So you're marrying Miles, who is definitely ethnically diverse and diverse in many different ways apart from ethnicity. And also uh, Henry married. Um, uh, Janine, who is from Bangalore and who's Indian. Um, so we have diversity in our family. But actually, I think um, you know, we, at root, um, our own fam- my own family was, in a sense, my father was a refugee. So, I mean, yeah, he was Jewish. So um, there, is, there is a diversity right in, at the heart of our family. And I guess the fact that he was from a... Um, a group of people who were persecuted, who were his family. Um, most of his family died in, in the Holocaust. Um, there's always been uh, that sort of sympathy, uh, more than that, for people of diverse backgrounds and not wanting to have a church that isn't welcoming to everybody. Uh, as it happened in the history of HDB, a lot of the people who were here at the start being in Knightsbridge were more sort of white, middle class. But as things have developed over the years, particularly with Alpha in 100, over 100 countries, um, the congregation now, and particularly if you look at the morning services, which are our biggest services, are 42% ethnically diverse. And the diversity is mainly African, um, Af- Afro-Caribbean, and also um, Chinese, Chinese Malaysian, Chinese Singapore, and mainland China. So, and that's beautiful. I think that um, God's diversity, God created a very diverse world. And if you have a monochrome congregation, it doesn't represent God's diversity. And what I love about our congregation now is it is so diverse. I've often thought about your dad, that 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 is part of the heritage that that's where a lot of international human rights law began really was as a result of what happened in Germany and that's part of your history our history and things that we want to see now our children have all got names that are to do with that moment just feel like that's quite an important part of knowing that that's where we came from and if he hadn't got out we 
we may not all be here today. On the doing more with mum and you growing up, that that was your dad, but you also had your mum and your sister, and your sister is an amazing role model to me of someone who's achieved so much in her field as a lawyer. Has that impacted your view on women? Because a lot of the the global church, there aren't that many women in leadership, it's changing, but there's still huge parts of the church who don't think women should even be in leadership. How do you feel about that? Well, my mother was uh, mayor of Kensington, Chelsea. She was um, chair of the lay magistrates. She was a law lecturer. She'd been a barrister. She um, was vice chair of the Greater London Council. Um, she had so many different roles in public life. Uh, so I didn't grow up with, um, whether rightly or wrongly, you know, you can argue the case about stay-at-home mothers, but my mum was not a stay-at-home mother. She was, we had 49 au pair girls, as you know, to brought us up. My mother was, um, uh, I was born on the night she was campaigning, uh, the night she won her seat on the GLC, that night, the night that I was, she went into labor and I was born. So that's <laughs> how I came into the world. So my mother was definitely, um, I mean, she wasn't sort of like um, at the forefront of women's liberation, but she was definitely um, a, a, a woman who worked and who had her own independent career. And my sister um, qualified as a barrister. She worked unbelievably hard. She's now an ex astonishingly successful QC. Um, so I, I think I was brought up in a family where, um, if anything, it was the men who were quiet in our household and the women tended to take the lead. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I think w when you study the New Testament, there is an equality between the sexes. In Christ, we're neither male nor female, slave nor free, junior or Greek. And that that's that is gender equality, social equality, and ethnic equality, and that's what you should always be aiming for in the church. Now, how you work that out is different. People have different conclusions, but it doesn't seem to me there's any doubt that that's what we should be aiming towards. How do we aim for that, though? What what should we do? I think uh, sometimes equality comes naturally. And sometimes you have to work at it. You have to have affirmative action. So that's, there are many situations around the world where in order to get equality, they've had to take steps. So South Africa, post-apartheid, they've had to take steps to have equality so that they have a certain number of rugby places in the rugby team uh, reserved for people of ethnic diversity. Right now in the legal profession, uh, in order to uh, have a more equal balance of high court judges. They are accelerating people through from the time they become a QC to the time they, that they are offered a place on the high court bench from 10 years to five years in order to make that possible. And I think in the church, we have to do the same. We have to have affirmative action in order to get, for example, ethnic diversity in the leadership of the Church of England. Because at the moment, it's only about 3.9% of the Church of England that's ethnic diverse. So. How are we to change that? We've got to have affirmative action. We've got to recruit people of ethnic diversity. We've got to find a way of making it attractive for them 
to um, to train for ordination, attractive for them to lead. They need to see other examples and models of people leading. It's not enough to sit back and say, oh, well, well everybody's got equal opportunity. They haven't. And there are reasons for that in our history. For example, in terms of ethnic diversity in the leadership of the Church of England, if you look back to the slave trade, the Church of England was compensated when slavery was abolished because the compensation didn't go to the slaves, it went to the owners. Uh, appalling blight on our history that some of that compensation went to the Church of England. So is it surprising that people of ethnic diversity didn't think the Church of England was for them? And then in the Windrush generation, they were turned away from the churches. There were signs outside the church saying, no Irish, no blacks. And that is like so horrific. So people didn't, people of ethnic diversity went to other churches, but they didn't think the Church of England was for them. So now the leadership's not representative. So now they look and they think, I couldn't do that because they don't see themselves. But by affirmative action, you can change that so that people can see it. And if they can see it, they can be it. And that's what's happening now is more and more people are coming through of ethnic diversity. People are saying, oh, I see. They're people like me. Therefore, I can, I can do this. So it's going to take time to change. But affirmative action is really important if you're to change the system. What do you think is the greatest challenge that you see right now in terms of inequality, of what you personally want to see change? Well, on a global scale, the greatest inequality is inequality of wealth. And there's no doubt that we're living at a time when there's still millions of people who are dying of starvation. And there's enough food in the world to feed the whole world. And that is the most appalling inequality. And that is something which we have to do something about. And actually, people are doing something about. Uh, and the, the, the number of people living in extreme poverty has fallen even in the last 20 years uh, by quite dramatically and um, health care clean water all those kind of things dealing with preventable diseases thanks to people like Bill Gates thanks to make poverty history thanks to a number of initiatives global initiatives that have taken place uh, it shows that these things can be dealt with and it's it's not a sort of um, nice to have. It's an absolute necessity that we that we we can't live in a world where where children are dying of preventable diseases or dying of starvation, and think oh it's all okay f we're fine here in the West. Um, we must do something about it. And the idea of this sort of nationalism that is creeping into our political system, which is you know all about it's about our nation. Patriotism is good. Nationalism is very dangerous. National socialism was an appalling blight. And um, the, the idea of nationalism is somehow the people in your country are in some way more important than people in another country. Of course, it's good to support your own football team, but that's patriotism. That's a different thing. Nationalism is when you see yourself as superior to, more important than another race. And if we see ourselves as more important than people who are dying of starvation in Africa, then we're like, I mean, Jesus told the parable of um, Lazarus, Dives and Lazarus, uh, where, where the rich person doesn't care tuppence about the poor person who's dying. And, is, and that is like a parable that could apply to Europe and Africa today. Very good. Thank you.
Um, now you can ask me one question. <laughs> what do you think is the most important issue facing our society today? I think that you're right. I think there are lots of things. I think it depends where you are. Everyone has got the thing that they feel passionate about. And if everyone goes for the thing they feel passionate about, hopefully all the issues will be included. If if people are doing things about poverty, if people are doing things about gender inequality, if people are doing things about racial inequality, I think we should care about all of them and then choose the, your battle to fight. And if everyone is at least fighting one battle, then hopefully as as a community as a christian community even as a faith community then all those battles will be fought and which of those battles do you particularly want to fight at the moment uh, now that you've said the the wealth one i think all oh, that is that is another one maybe i want to switch to that but gender inequality i think is affects that because a lot of globally a lot of the poorest are often also the women, the most vulnerable to being trafficked, the most vulnerable to exploitation are often the women because there's still a view that men and women aren't quite equal in huge parts of the world. And therefore, all those issues affect women and often affect women more than they affect men, even if the issue is not to do with their gender, but it's to do with um, race or it's to do with wealth, that because the added into that is gender they often are at the most vulnerable position so that is what I would like to see change on a local and a global scale and within the church is that men and women are seen as much more equal in their roles and their contribution. How do you think we can go about changing that? What are the practical steps that we could take to change that? That's more than one. Um, I think that all these things, you ha you take small steps in the way that you treat other people in your work, in your if you're part of a church, how you how you treat and the opportunities you do that, and obviously like as you said, affirmative action in if you can do that in your workplace in your communities, that helps. And I think being part of a bigger thing if you can, whether that's being part of initiatives that are trying to change that, that are working on a global scale or if you can give to those initiatives that are, if you can't personally get involved in them and just being as aware of, of the global issues as you can sometimes we think small but actually there's a big world and issues that are happening here often are slightly smaller than they are in other places so although I think there is still things that could be done in England as I said in my in introduction that the inequality compared to having lived in India and seeing the way that women are treated there it's, it's it's minor really so being aware of of the big world that we're in and the differences that we can make there and there are lots of great organizations that we can back and support very good answer very good yeah and know it's exciting and I think this I hope that this podcast will have an impact make people think about the issues of equality and in particular the one that you've raised equality between uh, gender equality because it's that book Half the Sky I mean that's a brilliant book which which shows how important gender equality is uh, in the redistribution of opportunity and wealth and the abolition of not only extreme poverty but also injustice around the world and there's so much injustice around the world and a lot of it relates to the inequality between the sexes so I think you've chosen a good one 
Thanks so much, Dad. So nice to have you. Um, and thank you for listening to this podcast and conversations on faith and equality. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, please subscribe, tell your friends, and join us for the next one.